Hello and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home. Today's topic is workforce housing. And today we're going to be covering what is it, how do we create more of it, and some different solutions and challenges that we see with workforce housing. Hi, I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and I want to thank you so much for tuning in to The Home Building Hero today. A quick shout out to people uh, that have subscribed to the podcast. Thank you so much. And if you haven't subscribed, it's really simple. Just look up your podcast app on your phone, search for Home Building Hero, and hit subscribe, and you'll get notified of all our new episodes. We have new topics coming out multiple times throughout the week, and we appreciate all the support that you have given this channel as we continue to grow and share information that helps you guys become good, knowledgeable homeowners. So today we're going to talk about a topic that's been coming up quite a bit, and that's called workforce housing. And workforce housing, I'm first going to define what it is for you so you know what it is. Um, uh, it's a huge issue in our market. And basically, the, the long and short of it is we don't have enough housing for uh, people with kind of lower to mid income. So, you know, our firefighters, our policemen, um, our, our nurses, um, we are not really building the right product for these people. And what we're seeing is some major challenges in our market and in our country with uh, having adequate housing for people to live in. And it's going to affect a lot of states. It's going to uh, cause a lot of challenges. So uh, first, I'm going to go over what workforce housing is. So if you don't know what workforce housing is, um, the definition of it is that it's affordable um, to uh, based on a medium, median income. So for example, 60% of a median income for renters um, has to be um, affordable for it to be considered workforce housing. So if you're going to build an apartment complex, um, 60% of the, the median income would be the, the level that would need to be able to afford it to be considered workforce housing. Okay, so you just look at the medium income for the area, take 60% of that, and that would be what the um, the the max income would be for that, that type of project. So if there's any incentives out there for workforce housing, that's how that would work. And then for homes, it's actually 120% of median income. So they actually increase it because typically like the median house value is going to be a lot higher than that. So uh, it's kind of interesting how that works, but uh, what we're seeing out there is there's just not enough housing stock, both in apartments and in um, single-family housing to to house people that are in that workforce housing category. These could also be people that are working in factories, in production, and different things like that, potentially even the trades. So that's kind of what workforce housing is. And now let's go over, you know, some of the issues with the workforce housing. And uh, if you heard my earlier podcast about the housing crisis, you'll understand. But just real quickly to highlight that right now we have a massive amount of people that are paying more than half their income just going to housing, whether it's for rental or for um, ownership of a home. That's a challenge. We see the cost of construction going up faster than the cost of 
or the average wage that people are getting. We're seeing more people borrow more and provide less down payment. And um, you know, we still have an underproduction of homes and an underproduction too, as well of apartments in our state uh, here in Wisconsin and throughout the country for that matter. And we're creating less lots, we're creating less homes uh, than we have since before the recession. So we're not producing enough homes and we are now starting to see a gap between the number of households forming and the number of homes available. So it's a very real thing, it's very scary, and that's where this workforce housing comes in. So let's talk about now um, some of the fixes. How do we fix and create more workforce housing? So the first and obvious solution is build more, right? We wanna build more homes. But in order to do that, we need some things fixed. So in order for us to build more homes as a builder, and this is me speaking right from a, a builder standpoint as a builder, um, we need faster approvals. Um, we need to look at our density and our lot sizing that is required by the municipality, and we need to be able to get smaller lots, and we need to get them approved quicker so that we can get them on the market. Then we also need to look at the type of requirements that we have for housing, whether it's subdivision restrictions, municipal restrictions, uh, and we need to look at those and say, do we really need all that? Do we need to put so much emphasis on architecture and size uh, when we should be putting emphasis on functionality? And then we should also look at alternate housing. So like instead of necessarily a single family home, what about an accessory dwelling? Like, you know, maybe building an apartment um, above a garage or building an attachment to a home that can be sublet out. And, and maybe not look at that as such a bad thing anymore. Maybe look at in-law housing and, and different items like that so that we can create alternate housing um, options for people that are going to reduce the cost and get people in homes. The second fix for workforce housing is to increase incentives. So we could look at things like creating an incentive for people who create workforce housing. So if you hit that category where you've got, let's say, 60% of the median income in the area that, you know, the the government subsidizes some of that and buys down some of that cost so we can get people in those lower-priced apartments and lower-priced homes. I'm not a big fan of taxing and uh, spreading the wealth per se, but this is definitely an area where uh, potentially providing some assistance to help drive the cost down would be very beneficial to a lot of citizens. Uh, we also need to talk to our municipalities that only allow single family and say, you know what, you need to allow some multifamily and have at least one district or one zoning area with that type of housing in it, in your community. Because if you're not, you're underserving your market. Uh, we also need to look at maybe creating some creative financing uh, for workforce housing in more rural areas. Because workforce housing, of course, will work better in urban areas where you have the density, but there are a lot of uh, rural areas where they're underdeveloped. Uh, there may still be jobs and factories and things in rural areas, but there's no housing that, that's uh, adequate for those types of functions. So we need to look at creating some special financing for that as well. And also investing more in um, tax incremental districts, TIDs, 
and basically redeveloping projects and putting better use in them, putting in the workforce housing in those areas. Another way to fix workforce housing is to strengthen home ownership. And how we do that is by looking at things like creating some down payment assistance. So for first time buyers, uh, one of the biggest challenges for them and why so many of them are still renting is that they can't save up enough money to create an adequate down payment. They don't have a down payment, they can't buy a house. They can maybe afford their rent, but again, if, if half their income is going towards rent, they aren't going to have any money left over to save for a deposit. So if we can create some ways to either create some assistance programs for down payments or create savings programs for first-time buyers that um, give them maybe the opportunity to defer some income tax or reduce their income tax burden by putting money into a special account for a down payment, we are now putting them on a path to home ownership a lot quicker. Then we also need to look at, in order to create more workforce housing, we've also got to take a look back at our existing homes and our existing housing stock. And there are a lot of areas in different cities, especially, that are, you know, the housing is decrepit, it's blighted, and uh, we already have the land there, you already have the building there, it just needs some TLC, tender loving care. So looking at taking older, you know, developments or a, a, maybe a block of a city where where housing is um, you know maybe not fully occupied and it needs some work and getting some transformation programs going and WIDA offers some of those as well but starting to look at some of these areas and saying you know what maybe or maybe you have decrepit housing where the housing is 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 so bad maybe maybe it's got to get torn down and you you put that into a small you know, small apartment or a small condo where instead of, let's say, four houses that are all kind of falling apart and decrepit, you tear those down and you put in a 16-unit apartment there that not only increases the property value for the city, which helps them, but it also creates more affordable housing and more units for everybody, which is what we need. So looking at some of this older housing and reinvesting in it or redeveloping it. And maybe even having a state credit if you rehab housing. That would be an important thing to have as well. And then another thing that we need to invest in housing is that we need to invest in humans. We need to invest in skilled labor. And we do that by creating more apprenticeship programs and creating incentives for, for kids to go into the trades. Whether it's more free training or... Um, uh, an easier way to locate and find apprenticeships throughout the country so that we can get these kids that are really good with their hands and really good making things, get them into the field and get them producing right away. It's really important. And another way to get more workforce housing as well is to look at this new thing called Opportunity Zones, which the government has made. And we also have, surprise, a podcast about Opportunity Zones as well. So you may want to check out that one as well. But Opportunity Zones are areas that have been um, selected by the government as areas where um, they need to be rebuilt. And there's special um, incentives, including um, deferring uh, income tax. Um, and uh, so if you transfer or you, you take a piece of property and you sell it in order, and you buy into one of these opportunity zones, if you keep it for a certain amount of time, you don't have to pay capital gains on it. So those are other things that can be used to create more workforce housing. And you know it's, it's something we've got to look at because 
we have more jobs here in the country than we can fill. We have less houses in our country um, than than what we need to to house everybody. And we're underproducing homes. We've underproduced homes for nearly a decade, and we're overforming households. And this really emphasizes the need for more workforce housing. And what if the states that do a good job of this are really going to take off because the states that are, are, are studying this and are paying attention to this and working towards this are going to be able to recruit more workers. Because if you don't have the workers, uh, you're not going to be able to grow your business and you're going to see um, challenges and, and increases in labor costs. So workforce housing is essential. And especially if you're bringing new businesses into a state, you've got to almost have the housing mix built in as a part of it, or it's going to fail because the new businesses that are going to come in are going to realize that they can't get enough adequate skilled workers and they can't keep them here because they can't afford to live here. Even if the income's a little higher than what they're expecting, if all their income goes into the housing, they're going to find out very quickly that this is not the place where they want to live. And if workers have to travel very far, if they have to pay a lot of money for their house, they're not going to be happy and they are going to leave and they're going to either seek out a different opportunity or they're going to move to a different state. And that's only going to make the problem worse. So I hope you guys have found this episode of the Home Building Hero to be super informative. I want to thank you for tuning in and I want to continue to encourage you guys to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoyed the content and you found it super informative, I'd also ask that you uh, give this podcast a five-star rating so that it becomes more searchable for people because the more people that like this podcast, the more that we can share it and we can continue to grow and create new content for you and keep you guys up to speed on all the latest developments in the housing world. So I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes, and I want to thank you again for tuning into the Home Building Hero, and we will talk to you all very soon.